Hello and welcome to Incast, Incast's new podcast that delves into the trending issues shaping the world of public relations. Hello and welcome to another episode of Incast, Incast's podcast. And today uh, we're talking all about New York City, aka Silicon Alley. And um, I'm joined by Nicole Bestad, who's general manager of Incast New York. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Sam. How's it going? It's going great. Awesome. Well, before we dig in, and I have a whole bunch of questions for you, why don't we start by you um, sharing with us a little bit about uh, Inkhouse New York's office so that we uh, we get to know you better? Sure. Well, there's a lot happening at Inkhouse New York. We've actually expanded in the last month from two employees to seven which is very exciting. And we also moved into new office space. We're in a co-working space on 28th Street and South Park Avenue, um, just east of Madison, northeast of Madison Square Park. So we're in a fantastic location. We have great views of the Chrysler building and um, business is going really well. That's fantastic. Um, so you've more than doubled tripled. Yeah, it's exciting. Excellent. That's cool. That is exciting. So let's talk about um, a little bit about sort of New York City. And um, as I was planning for this episode, I came across a Bloomberg story from last September, which was really lining up uh, New York against the West Coast. And the, the, the headline of the story was New York's Silicon Alley is still no match for Silicon Valley. Um, and I wondered what you sort of think about that. Is there is there still the differences between one coast or the other? And, and does it even matter, I guess? Certainly. I think the differences are, are, are still really profound, but they're not necessarily a, a one is better than the other type difference. It's in a lot of ways, it's apples and oranges versus apples to apples type comparisons. Um, I've always taken a little bit of umbrage to the term Silicon Alley because I think it denotes, with the term alley, denotes a little bit of smallness that actually doesn't exist here. Um, I think that the major difference in terms of what we're seeing in New York is is simply that the type of companies uh, in the startup and then in the technology scene are are marketed towards a much more diverse type of customer. You know, Silicon Alley is very much known for uh, Silicon Valley. I'm sorry, it's very much known for Apple, um, Twitter, um, and all of these very consumer-facing type companies. Whereas what's happening in New York, there's a lot of consumer stuff happening as well. But I think, given the nature of business here and the companies that need technology here, a lot of it is is, is B two B. There's a lot of B two B in Silicon Valley too, but you're not seeing it it doesn't get as much visibility as I think it does in New York. So there's a tendency to think that nothing's happening here because everyday consumers aren't interacting with it as actively as they are with Silicon Valley products. Um, but it's, but it's really not true. I think there's a lot of sophistication here and a lot of influence on a global scale that you may not see as much of on the West coast. Interesting. So, um, you said there's a lot of B2B. Uh, are there any sort of industries or markets in particular that are uh, experiencing the, sort of the most growth in, in your neighborhood? For years now, people have been talking about fintech and ad tech. It's very New York-based and that there's been a bit of decline. But I actually, 
on the PR and marketing side, I think those are still very healthy uh, verticals to be in. And we're still seeing a lot of innovation and growth and new startups coming along in both of those spaces, simply because um, finance and advertising have a very good base here in New York. There's a lot in media, I think that's happening too, but that's the industry where we're seeing the most transition. And so it'll be interesting to see what kind of startups grow out of that space. You know, what makes the New York startup scene so enticing for you as, as, a, you know, as a PR leader? I think just the diversity of companies um, and problems that are being solved is not just, you know, another fun widget to play with. There's, there's really innovative things happening in the way people communicate um, and the way people do business and, and just the diversity of founders, too. I, I think there's a lot more international founders here. There's a lot more founders who don't necessarily come from the same Stanford pedigree. There's folks who, there's a lot of um, self-made entrepreneurs here. And I think the beauty of that is that folks have either come from other industries and had a brilliant idea or um friends with a brilliant idea that they want to support and then put their experience from other industries to work for. There's also a number of coding schools mm. too that, that give people, you know, the opportunity to, to create a startup on the side until they're ready to grow from it. And I think that just given the nature that the city itself is actually very, it's huge in terms of diversity and the business opportunities here, but it's actually very small and that it's easy to get around. That's true. It's compact. <laughs> Yeah, you could leave your job, you know, at six or seven at night and go to clothing class across town fairly easily on the subway, just in the same way as you can meet an investor across town without having to, you know, sit in traffic on the 101 like you might, um, or the 280 like you might on the West Coast. Or 495 here in Boston. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it's, you you have an, an easier time, I think, interacting with other founders um, with other engineers as well as with investors. And there's just more opportunities to cross paths with them. On the investor front, um, do, do you feel like those startups are getting their fair share of funding uh, or do New York startups have to you know, fight harder for, for capital? That's actually a great question. I think it depends on the VC. I think New York startups have an advantage in meeting with New York VCs. Mm. And that they're simply here and that they can they can meet up every few weeks and they can check in with each other and that there's um, and most of the big Silicon Valley VCs obviously will have an outpost in New York. But um, if you if you want to get in front of them, it certainly helps to have a Silicon Valley office. I think there's a lot more emerging technology, smaller sized capital firms here in New York who are willing to take a risk on smaller folks. But I mean, overall, the market is seeing that folks are are leaning less towards early stage companies and more towards later stage. Interesting. So how is the media scene there? How does it differ? What's, uh, what's the vibe? I think it is the media scene, right? <laughs> uh, my colleagues on the West Coast might disagree, but I, I think that this is, this is the media capital of the world. Right. And we have such an enormous plethora of of reporters and editors and producers right here because this is where they're headquartered in addition to a number of freelancers as well. So I think that's part of the attraction. That's why we're seeing a lot of European founders who are choosing to open a New York 
first as mm. before they open in, on the West Coast is simply because they know that in order to get capital, they need to be in front of the media and that they have more opportunity to be in front of the media where the media are based here in New York. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Everyone is affected by the amazing transition happening in media right now. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing. And just that mm. as more and more media companies are stressed for revenue, there's less and less journalists. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, given the size of the market in New York, it's there's a little bit of padding against that. Whereas you have publications like the San Jose Mercury News and Silicon Valley, where their startup reporter just left and they have... The same reporter who covers you know, the Apple and Amazon beat is now also covering startups. So we see that overall that reporters are covering more beats, but it's like, come on, you guys are right there in Silicon Valley. Like there should be more reporters on this beat. And mm. so that just makes it more challenging for companies to get in front of, especially the new companies, yeah. right? It's one thing if you're Amazon or you're Apple, but if you're a startup, you now have less people to get in front of to get your name out there. And that's a little bit challenging. So from a PR perspective, do you think somebody who uh, you know does PR in the New York scene needs some special skills that would be different from anybody doing PR elsewhere in the States? That's a good question. I think that you still need to be really creative and relevant. I think relevance is more important than ever. Um, and that applies wherever you're at. Does it move faster being that it's New York? Is it, is it more intense being that it's New York? I do think that that's probably the biggest difference. The cliche term in New York minute completely applies. I think that things just are so fast. And I think that that's one of the biggest effects, again, the transformation of the media industry, just that everything moves so quickly. Yeah. And as we've seen, you know, you can have a launch announcement planned. And if a scandal breaks overnight, like given A, there's less reporters covering a beat. So they right. all have to cover that scandal. And then B, everything changes. And 24 hours later, it can be totally different. And it moves very quickly. So I think that the the biggest challenge in New York is that if someone shows interest in a story at 10 a.m., you need to make sure that you have a founder who can speak and the assets that you need within a few hours. Because by the afternoon, they're on to the next thing. And if you don't have those things ready to go, you've lost the story and you've lost their interest. There's just, it's just the nature of it. Yeah, and I I, kind of feel like that's, pervasive across the board right now, but it sounds like uh, it's even more acute in New York City. And then it all comes down to having those relationships and, and the access to the reporter uh, so that when, even if they are busy, you know, chasing something else, they, you can still get through and, and sort of, you know, at least uh, sustain the, the dialogue, even if the particular moment's passed. Yeah. And I think the most important thing that comes from that relationship is understanding what their schedule is. Pitching, broadcast, you might have better luck with a morning producer at nine o'clock at night. You know, everybody has to has a different deadline to file their story. And I think that is mm-hmm. the one benefit if you're pitching New York media is simply proximity of time zones and then proximity to getting to know what each reporter, what time of day is best to get through to them and when their deadlines are to file for that same day or for the next day. Right. If I'm pitching a reporter in the Silicon Valley, you know, the reverse of that is that I'm already behind right. in terms of knowing what their deadline is and what, what works best for them. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It's challenging. I'm looking through some of the notes that you and I shared ahead of this, and I see that you wrote, uh, you know, the saying that if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere really applies to New York City, the business opportunity and, and the PR opportunity. And, and uh, I kind of 
chuckled when I read that and I sort of wanted to get your your point of view of why why that resonates. Oh yeah. I think the biggest reason is A, it it's a grueling city. <laughs> right. So if you're a young founder, there are huge challenges if simply to you know, getting from home to work in the morning, like whether that's subway delays, which seem really, really common to weather to just the mass of people you have to navigate through and put up with. Um, and I also think that if you're you're going in front of VCs or new customers, given that the size of the market and the size of the competition, like people are very much, no one suffers fools. Like you have to be pretty quick with your pitch. And it's, you know, whether you're ordering a bagel in the morning or, or pitching your company to a VC, it applies and there's a method of doing it. <laughs> Most of it is about maintaining brevity and confidence. Uh, that said, though, I think that we have resources here that are really hard to mimic anywhere else. We've got this incredible amount of universities, both in the city and state system, as well as Columbia Business School, um, NYU, NYU Stern, downtown Cornell Tech, which just opened you know, a great new campus on Roosevelt Island. There's all these like really, these are basic incubators for the next wave of entrepreneurs, um, as well as for like engineering talent and marketing talent and sales talent who are coming out of there. Um, and then you just got simply because we're a global city in so many ways, um, it, it's fairly easy for folks to to move here and to set up shop and for folks to move here and to find the diversity of talent that they need to to innovate. Well, Nicole, it sounds like there's opportunity to be taken. Well, what are you most excited about for the next 12 months? Oh, I just love it. I, <laughs> I can't predict it. I think the best part of my job is that it is, is the new idea that, that blows me away. Mm. There's so much happening, but it's, it's, it's something that I couldn't possibly have predicted. If someone tells me about their idea and I just get really excited, like, whoa, you know, whether that's changing the way we communicate at work or it's AI and changing the way things are made or how transportation works or how someone gets clean water. I can't predict it, but that's what makes our job so exciting is that there's just there's so many beautiful new ideas out there every day that we get to hear about them. It's really fun. Well, that's wonderful. It was so good chatting with you. One day I'll be heading my way down there very soon to, to catch you in the new space and, and see everything that's going on at Incas New York. Can't wait, Sam. Thank you. Thanks for your time today. And that was Incas with Samantha McGarry. Thanks for listening.